Hello, and welcome to another mini-episode of Coaster Kings Radio. I'm Ian O'Donnell. Today's episode explores a nostalgic roller coaster whose legacy was stained by tragedy. Join me for part two of my series, Lost Coasters of California. Marriott's 1976 entrance into the regional park market was certainly the splashiest probably since Disney. Envisioned as the first purpose-built theme park chain, Marriott simultaneously opened two near-identical, America-themed parks to coincide with the bicentennial of 1976. It was originally supposed to be three parks that all look the same. The Great America Parks were built with years of regional park development. Remember that Six Flags, King's Entertainment, and a whole slew of independent parks came before them, um, and it shows that. This is a shameless plug, but I discuss the really clever design and features of um, the Great America Parks in depth with Sean and Alex in an episode of Coaster Kings Radio from last season. It's all about Northern California, but we spent a lot of time talking about Great America, so just if you're interested... Go in and find us in the last season of Coaster Kings Radio. The Great America Parks came ready, so they came prepared on opening day with not one but two high-capacity aero flume rides, which had proven to be so popular in many large parks that they had had to install another. Multiple car rides, multiple flats, the best of the best, really, of flat rides, and two high-capacity major steel roller coasters. The big coaster was a large-scale custom aero corkscrew coaster known as Turn of the Century and the family-oriented Schwarzkopf coaster Wizzer, or Williard's Wizzer as it was originally called. First introduced in 1971, the Schwarzkopf Speed Racer model was an extended customized version of their Jetstar 2 model, which had originally premiered in 1970 as a traveling coaster model. The Jetstar 2 itself was an extension and a kind of a reimagining of 1968's Jetstar model. These coasters were unique in that they featured bobsled-style cars where guests sat in tandem and with no restraints, not even any seatbelts. Starting with the Jetstar 2, the cars were equipped with onboard motors to pull the car and eventually the train up a unique spiral lift hill. The spiral lift hill allowed for really cool compact layouts um, that kind of spiraled up and down and utilized more of the space and the footprint for coaster track versus a lift hill. The first of four custom speed racers was built at Six Flags Over Texas with Big Bend, which opened in 1971. And another was integrated into the opening day lineup of Missouri's Worlds of Fun with Zambezi Zinger, which opened in 1973. The Great America Wizards were designed with one large spiral lift, followed by a gradual straight drop into a series of twists and turns over a landscape corner of the park's hometown square area. With their unique sitting layout and thrilling thrilling kind of track layouts, these coasters were, and the ones that remain, are perfect family attractions. Those four Speed Racer models that were built in the United States were the only ones that were ever constructed, although the Jet Star and eventually it was called the City Jet or the Jumbo Jet kind of production model continued to be constructed and made um, and produced a few notable installations. Um, probably the most famous for coaster enthusiasts is the former Black Hole, which is well-remembered that was at Alton Towers Park. 
these Schwarzkopf creations were decidedly more sophisticated than their Aero mine trains and the other Aero coasters that preceded them. And in fact, I found articles that have noted that even enthusiasts saw that there was more precision engineering in the track layouts. Um, I mean, everything from the German designers, track profiling to the coasters control systems was more sophisticated than what Aero had. Part of that sophisticated control system was the use of electric eyes in helping uh, maintain block braking throughout the ride system. And so while Schwarzkopf rides were sophisticated, um, they were not without their faults. And the two wizards definitely had some problems. Designed to run multiple trains, um, the Wizard suffered blocking issues from the moment it opened. In fact, there's a large number of documented cases of brakes failing, typically happening right around the station. So there would be a train parked in the station, and the brakes into the station would fail, causing two trains to collide. There were multiple collisions um, throughout the 1970s. Um, there's actually some controversy that Marriott didn't report these properly. But in 1980, the worst happened, and a station collision at the Santa Clara Park left a 13-year-old boy dead and eight other riders injured. 13-year-old Kyle Foss of Palo Alto was trying to board a train um, when the train that was coming into the station came in um, crushing Kyle between the two trains. Some people have also said, some witnesses have said that it was a, it, there was a collision on the coaster track, like during the ride itself, which flung three riders out of the coaster car, but that has widely been debunked. The ride was modified and continued to operate, although its reputation had significantly soured. Another incident happened in 1982, which left 16 injured guests and further damaged this family attraction's kind of family-friendly reputation. Although it operated until 1988, the Santa Clara Wizard just never maintained a fervent following. Its kind of reputation as a dangerous ride had been cemented, um, and unlike its Gurney Park um, counterpart, it was not a particularly popular and iconic attraction. In 2002, the Gurney Wizard was threatened to be demolished for the construction of Superman Ultimate Flight. It's well known that public opinion um, was pretty significant in making this decision changed, um, and the park's Aeromegalooper shockwave was dismantled instead. And the Wizard at the Gurney Park, which is now Six Flags Raid America, remains a fan favorite, and has even been made the Golden Ticket Awards Top 50 steel roller coaster pole multiple times in multiple years. So while the Wizard is no longer with us in California, we can still experience this Schwarzkopf classic thanks to Marriott's decision to build two identical theme parks. Despite its 30-year absence, Santa Clara's Wizard was without a successor for many years. A small portion of the plot was used for 1990's Intamin Spillwater, a kind of splashwater ride, Whitewater Falls, but the majority of the land used by Wizard was unused for years. It wasn't until the addition of Gold Striker in 2013 that the majority of this plot would be used for a new roller coaster. Even with the construction of Gold Striker, a few of Wizard's concrete footers remain, a reminder of this once iconic thrill ride and the tragedy it became associated with. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this mini episode, please leave a comment and rating wherever you're listening. It really helps us out. This series is a companion to a series of articles that are being released on thecoasterkings.com. 
You can find interesting articles, exclusive updates, and a range of theme park-related merchandise at thecoasterkings.com. That's thecoasterkings.com. For Coaster Kings, this is Ian O'Donnell. Join me next week as we stay at Marriott's Great America to explore another Schwarzkopf classic in Episode 3 of Lost Coasters of California.